Hello. Hello. How you doing? Man, you need a less common name. Yeah, I should I should change it. You should change your name to Scurvy. No, I'm going to change it to Cartoonist Luke, like a hero. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should do that. Yeah, it, I'll have to take care of that, yeah. Here's the problem. So on Twitter, when I try to tag you on something, I just type in Luke Foster, and mm-hmm. it brings up a million Luke Fosters, but not you. And so I have to go back and like check my, my private messages or my notifications to see mm-hmm. that it's Cartoonist Luke. I don't know why it doesn't know that if you're on my friends list, you should be the first one to pop up as Luke Foster. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. Well, I, I, my name's not Luke Foster at the moment. It's like Luke at HeroesCon 1907 or something like that. Oh, so it does it that way. Yeah. That's dumb. That's dumb. Okay, now, now I get it. Hey, yeah. Luke. How are you? Hey. Good. So what show are we recording, and what show were you just recording? I was just doing Valiant Central. Oh, okay. Now we're doing the uh, the Dr. Bananas Hour. All right. It's a brand new podcast. All right. Dedicated to you. Sweet. Yeah. See, unlike uh, unlike other people, Luke, I don't talk shit about you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're You're a respectful and, dare I say, handsome podcaster. Well, you know. I don't know about the first one. The second one's just probably very true. I'm not as handsome as uh as Bill Bomer though. Yeah, well Bill Bomer's like a, a, a standard setter, so <laughs> I mean he's got a song like titled after him, you know? Your body's a wonderland, that's him. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. believe me, I know. I've known Bill <laughs> a long time. Uh what what's the deal with the scurvy thing? You gotta explain this to me. So, uh, last week I was working on a uh, commission, and I had to refill my yellow Copic marker, <laughs> and I got the yellow ink on my hands, and the next day, after despite having washed it, my skin was slightly tinted yellow, so I said on, t- on social media that I don't have scurvy, I was filling a marker. <laughs> oh, and I missed that. I saw that you were filling the marker, but I missed the scurvy part. Okay, now that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Mike's been rolling with that. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> he posted. Um, so we, we've got a we've got a Valiant Central Facebook group, and Mike, Mike's in it. And uh, the only reason I knew he was talking about you is because I saw the comments on Twitter. Um, but he he posted like the top ten like sailor diseases or something. <laughs> <laughs> in the Valiant Central group. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, the thing like we 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 don't have rules there, you know. Like you can talk about whatever you want, <laughs> and uh, it was on there for like a few hours, and nobody like liked it or anything. And then I saw it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's about Luke." Um, I thought I thought I, it was pretty I, funny. I'm not even sure I'm in that group on Facebook. No, you're not. And that was my comment to him. I said, "Don't talk about Luke in here. He's not a member of this group." Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, seriously, at least have the decency to talk about somebody in public. Mm. Oh, he does. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, it's man. It's going to be to see him this weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exciting, dude. That's exciting. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, I, 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 I met them last year. I met uh, Chris and Mike and Daryl at Heroes. Um, I think Bill might have been there, too. But I remember meeting Bill at... Uh, 
C2E2. Because mm. we hung out all weekend. Yeah, uh, lucky. Yes, I know. Privilege. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get my pinkies up shirt for, uh, yeah. for next time I see him. I mean, he's not just handsome, but he's also the creator of the guesser and the liquor. He is. That is true. I mean, it's no Dr. Bananas. Let's be serious. Well, one does what one can. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's exciting, man. So you're gonna be there, so yep. you, you need to have my copy of uh, Dr. Bananas number four ready. Oh, it's ready. Because that's all I'm missing. Yeah. Uh, I'll make sure to have my uh, my my six-year-old and my thirteen-year-old read <laughs> all three issues beforehand, because uh, nice. we know it's uh it's it's all all ages fun. It is all ages fun, I, but each issue is also standalone. So sure. if they don't get to them first, they can still read number four. Um, I guess for those of you who don't know, uh, Doctor Bananas is a comic book miniseries I did. Uh, that some call the literary sensation <laughs> of 2017. Uh, it's a 4G mini where a magic talking monkey named Dr. Bananas goes around fighting evil, uh, aided and uh, mostly abetted by a uh, witch named Siobhan, who he keeps prisoner on his wrist because she's a criminal and he arrested her for crimes. Um, what those crimes are, you'll have to read Dr. Bananas number one to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each issue is a standalone com- uh, action comedy story. Uh, and each issue is also, you don't need to know this, but each issue is also loosely based on a piece of classic literature. So you can read the comics and be like, hey, this is a rocking good time. But if you know the stories they're based on, you're like, whoa, this is literary. My mind is blown. Wait, you just blew my mind because I was an English major in college and I was reading Dr. Bananas for fun. I did not think about the literary thing. So explain to me what stories it's based on. Dr. Bananas number one is based on the monkey's paw, though told from the monkey's yes, point of view. Right. Dr. number two is uh, the island of Dr. Moreau plus Animal Farm. Okay. Uh, number three is Murders of the Rue Morgue, without the murdering part because it's for children. <laughs> and number four is Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. No kidding. Mm-hmm. God, I gotta pay more attention to things. But see, layers. So you fully enjoyed the experience without knowing this, and now you can go back and read it again, and be like, "Oh my goodness gracious!" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. How 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 did you come up with Doctor Bananas? I was pitching some animation shorts to a studio back in 2015. And I had come to what I thought was the end. It was the end of the pitch season was coming up, and I had thought I had come to what I thought was the end of my ideas. And I was sitting um, reading *The Monkey's Paw* one night, and I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute! I could do a twist on this and tell this from the monkey's point of view and make it ridiculous." So I jammed out a five-minute. Um, proposal which is a script and some mm-hmm. beat boards which are like storyboards but like there's less of the story they're just like the main story beats um in like a week i did it like super fast and uh i pitched it to the studio and they liked it the most of all the pitches i had done but they they had a couple of things that they um, they thought could be fixed. So like, okay, we're going to pass on this for now, you know, because X, Y, Z. So I took the concerns that they had and I fixed them. And I'm like, well,
I have this story, I might as well see if I can do anything with it, um, like see if I could actually make something of it. So I did uh, Dr. Banana's Monkey Magician number one as a one-shot, and people liked it. It actually debuted uh, last year at Heroes. Mm-hmm. And so um, so uh, people kept saying, hey, you can do more of these. And I was thinking... I, I, was kind of on the fence either way about it and then over the weekend at Heroes I thought of a couple more ideas I'm like what the heck I'm going to do these and uh, so then I just started developing issues 2 through 4 so is that is that the first that's the first comic you've done though right it's the first comic book but I've done a number of web web uh, web comic strips right 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 uh, so um, I started off my career doing this science fiction comedy called Moon Freight 3, which ran for a little more than four years, uh, which is about basically what it's like to be a 20-something with a crappy job in space. Huh. Um, it, uh, it was a combination of uh, my own dissatisfaction with life in my 20s uh, combined with the setting of Mystery Science Theater 3000, basically a space station in space that a guy couldn't get off of. Only instead of being trapped there by mad scientists, he was trapped there by his own ennui. Uh, so that ran, I was going to do that one for like five years, and then I, but I had an idea for my next long form project soon, like I started developing rapidly, which I'll, tell, I'll talk about in a second. Yep. Um, for eight months concurrently with Moon Freight 3, I was also doing this nonfiction comedy called The Gang from the Store, True Tales from the Comic Book Shop. Um, I don't know if you know Sean Pryor. Yeah, yeah, um, But Sean used to run, before he got involved with Action Lab and then started doing his own stuff, he was doing this company called PKD Media um, that he serialized some of his comics online before um, before publishing them in books. And he graciously let me run Gang from the Store on weekends on his website. So I did that for eight months, and then I always intended to do it just for a limited run and then do a book. And that was actually my first book. I don't sell that one anymore, but you can still get it at IndiePlanet.com. Um, same with Moon Freight 3. There are four books of that. Um, and so that ran for eight months, and I ended it. And that was actually literally what it says on the tin. It was uh, true stories of what it was like to work at the comic book shop, comic book shop that I was working at uh, back then. Um, and all the characters... Um, I gave them fake names to kind of try to disguise their identities, but it's so clearly obviously who they were. <laughs> um, so I eventually just abandoned the whole naming thing and just like just had them just say, hey, what's up, and occasionally drop a name. Um, so the third comic I did was called The Center of Somewhere. Um, like a lot of folks, I'd always come up with comic ideas for um, different strips and stuff like that. And I just usually scroll them away in folders on my desktop or whatever. Um, but the idea for Center of Somewhere just kept, like a lot of the ideas just kept coming to me really rapidly. And I became very excited to work on this. And I knew that it was something, uh, it was time to end Moon Freight 3 and start this. Center of Somewhere was my lighthearted, all-ages comic that was basically just animals and humans, and then later on ghosts. Uh, mucking about in small town America and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I overlap Center of Somewhere in Moon Freight 3 for um, a few months, for like, uh, I guess September, October, like three or four months, probably about the equivalent of three months, while I was, uh, so I could, have, could, I could get people to get used to Center of Somewhere while ending Moon Freight 3. 
And at that time, I was basically doing eight comic strips a week, and that was tiring, and I would not recommend it if that's not your full-time job. <laughs> um, so then I ended... Um, so then I started Center of Somewhere, and I was doing that for like three and a half years. Um, there was also a four-month block where I was... Um, Again, this is a recurring theme in my life, dissatisfied with my life and my job. And um, I was talking with my parents one day, and I was thinking, I was telling them how I just wanted to go move to another city for a while and just see what it's like somewhere else. Yeah. I was living in Connecticut at the time. And they're like, don't just move somewhere you've never been just to move. Do what we did and go travel for a while. And so I thought, that's an amazing idea. I'm going to do that. But to justify, like, flat out quitting a job. Uh, I needed to justify actually doing something with it. And so that afternoon, I mean like literally like two hours after the conversation with my parents, I said, wait a minute, I'm a cartoonist. I'm going to make a travelogue about this. So I serialized um, Drawn Away, a cartoonist tours America uh, online. Um, I basically drew pages about the East destination that I was at uh, while I was there. And I... Um, then a f like a few days to a few weeks after I was at each place, um, I put the pages online to in their part journal, part travelogue. So I'd say like, hey, the Grand Canyon is really deep and is in Arizona, and also I had fun doing this thing. Um, and then so once it was done, I kickstarted a book collection of it. It was my first kick, my my first successful Kickstarter, my second Kickstarter total. Um, and uh, it's been a decent. It, it's been kind of popular for me. I, I have ordered beyond the initial Kickstarter run, which is nice. Um, and then so um, so uh, so I did. I was on the road for four months, and I serialized it for about that time, and then have had it in a book ever since. And then I did Center of Somewhere for like three and a half years, and for like two and a half of those years it was five days a week and then I shifted to three days a week because it was getting it was getting tiring and the readership just I wasn't finding it it just wasn't getting there yeah, yeah. Um, so I made the it was actually kind of a hard decision to do to end the comic because it just wasn't going anywhere and while I could still feel like the creativity was still there I wasn't feeling the satisfaction of it so um I ended up finishing that in, in January of 2016, and for the first time since I started making comics in 2008, I didn't know what I was going to do next. That lasted for about a month, um, and then I started working on uh, as new uh, my was my current weekly comic called Supernatural Suburbs, which is much darker than my old comics. It goes up once a week on Patreon. And I do it on Patreon for two reasons. One, because advertising revenue is virtually dead. Sure. And two, um, it's a lot darker and a lot more adult in some cases uh, than my all-ages stuff. And I didn't want the kids who read my work to accidentally stumble upon it. Mm -hmm. So I figured um, putting it on a um, pay site behind a subscription wall would be the best way to do that. And I've been doing Supernatural Suburbs for a year and a quarter now. Um, and then, of course, as we discussed, I was doing—I did Doctor Bananas. Um, I started doing that like, geez, March or April of last year, and debuted it in June. Mm -hmm. So, so how's it been for you? Like, has it been different than doing the the web strips? It has been. Um, like, I still keep up with the web strip, um, the the web strip feel doing Supernatural Suburbs. What I used to do 
because I always believed in, I used to be a huge believer in buffers. I would do like a batch of 13 all at once, so basically like three months worth at once, and it was easy to do when they're just one a week. Um, and then um, things changed politically in the United States. Yeah. Um, and if I, instead of doing an occasional political strip, I do a lot more political strips, like not exclusively, but a lot more. Whereas my the strip used to be just um, creative ways to show people getting killed. Um, it's basically ghost the ghost talking about death, politics, crime, basically whatever I felt like doing. Mm-hmm. So it was mostly it's mostly just like funny ways to sh- funny embarrassing ways to show people dying. Uh, uh, in like a really dark Rick and Morty vein um, but now it's mostly just politics but it's still just as dark and that makes me sad <laughs> the world shouldn't be this sad um, but yeah doing a comic book is very different because you're working rather than doing the, I love the serialized nature of daily comics and um, I, would, I, I, I do love that I can still do it and honestly I have Patreon thresholds set up that if I get a certain backer levels, I will bump it up to more than once a week. Um, but the comic book is different. It's just like you basically, if you're not working for somebody or you don't have a contractually obligated deadline, you just have to make your own deadlines. Right. So I um, would basically just deadline, I want to have it done by this convention. So what do I need to do to get it done and in my hands before then? And I would just work really, really hard. I work well on deadlines, actually, to be honest with you. So, like, I, knowing that I have to have it done by X day makes me work and schedule, like, a lot better than just saying, yeah, I'll just get it done when I get it done. Sure. Um, so, uh, uh, so I would do that. I would set the, set the deadlines for, um, you know, basically have it ready to print for a convention. And Supernatural Suburbs is now have it done I like I have to have it done by like 7 a.m. Monday morning when I post it but it's usually done like three four five days in advance um, I, I that's the that's the narrowest I've ever worked on a deadline before is like that close to publication which is different for me mm-hmm. but you know things change fast so, so. I, I'm, I'm curious I know you just put uh, dr. bananas in comicsology. Um, mm-hmm. Have you thought about putting out your other stuff in some kind of collection on submit as well? Like yeah, I, sure. I, I don't I don't know what the process is because um, like I know you've done it. Um, I've got a couple other people that I know that do indie stuff, and if they they've just added their stuff to Comicsology, and I, I think it's interesting, but I've I've never been through that process. You know, like I I I'm curious. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, I definitely want to. Um, I do have book collections of. I have two volumes of *The Center of Somewhere*, and one, I have the whole graphic novel of *Drawn Away*. Um, those are the books I keep in print. Them and *Doctor Bananas* right now. Mm-hmm. Um, *Doctor Bananas* was the easiest to get up on Comicsology because it's a standard comic book size. Um, it was just a matter of making sure I hit their print standards, and there was a couple of. Uh, you know, I, I, a couple of stumbles with issue one. A couple. Was, there's one. I, I messed up the formatting once. I had to fix it. Um, but um, after that, issues two, three, and four were super easy to get up there. Um, Drawn Away is the one I want to do next for um, two reasons. One is it's my uh, my next bestseller after 
after Dr. Bananas, um, A, and B, it's just the one standalone graphic novel. Mm -hmm. And actually, there's three reasons. And C, I think I'd have a lot less formatting concerns doing that than doing like the four page, you know, the four panel comic strip. I think it'll be easier for them to format. Right. So I want to see and and the gra the 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 strip collections and drawn away are a lot. They're magazine size. They're the largest I could get them. Um, so they're going to be different for formatting for comicsology, and I don't know yet what um, if I'm going to have to do anything different. I'm assuming I will, but I just don't know yet because I haven't looked into it. Um, I was kind of waiting to get to the other side of my next. Basically, Heroes is my last convention for a couple of months. Um, so once Heroes is done. And some other projects are well on their way. Um, I'm going to sit down and actually take a look at it and say, what do I need to do to get this done? Interesting. How 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 is the 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 process of comicsology different? Because um, you know I, I own your books in print, so I didn't buy them in comicsology. Um, but I do do a lot of uh, indie books on comicsology because it's just easier. A lot of times I can't, I, like I forget to order them at DCBS or I can't get them at a shop. So, sure. how, how is the formatting there different? Like, do you need to do like the guided view yourself? Like, I don't, I don't understand how that works. No, they take care of all of that. The only thing I had to do was basically, um, when you set a book for print, you have to put bleeds around the edge, or, um, so there's like a there's a trim area. Yeah, like right. a, So they can cut it and safely, and not bleed. That was the wrong word. But basically, there's there's um, trim areas so that they can cut the page and know they're not cutting off any of the comic. Basically, I just had to make sure those weren't there um, on each any of the pages and make sure the covers were the right size, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was basically just making it the actual print size. Um, now, in terms of sales and stuff, it's a lot... I mean, in theory, it's better for me because there's an infinite supply of books, even though I'm selling them at a lot less of a cost... It's the typical 99 cents on comiXology. Right. Um, I don't know how many I've sold, and I won't know how many I've sold until comiXology pays me, and they only they pay quarterly. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's something um, I don't know how it works for non-submit titles, but when people say they don't know how many issues of a comic sold digitally, they might not be kidding. Because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean... Huh, that's funny. That, yeah, that... that uh, huh. I mean, I know, so, I know some people know. Um, like Top Cow, I know they know their numbers very well. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've got some friends that have talked to people from Top Cow. And uh, they're they're very well aware, but that's also like, I don't know if it's it's not a big company, but it's a a bigger publisher, right? Like, I mean, Topcat's been around for what twenty five, thirty years, something like that, and they're yeah. part of Image. So yeah, exactly. So surely they've got some better stats. But I'm really curious for like smaller indie publishers, because um, it seems to make a lot of sense for indies to get and submit. Um, Again, I don't know what like the payout is and all that. Like, yeah. like if you put your app on like the App Store, right, the iTunes App Store, you mm-hmm. get like whatever it is, seventy percent. They keep thirty. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the split is. I don't want to know what the split is. Um, but surely, like, it's it probably comes out better than actually printing the book out, right, and, and having it published somewhere. Um, it the percentage is yes, 
are better for digital. Um, but the, the 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 amount of money you're uh, making, I know. I like I said, I don't know how, if it's like doing way better or if it's um, you know if it's if it's doing okay or if it's you know one of those things that people discover randomly and say, oh yeah, this kind of looks cool. I'm gonna get this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, so yeah, so it's 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 interesting. I mean, I know I can. I, I mean, I can give you a. I can actually probably do the math. I mean, I can do the math very easily and tell you how many I've sold in print. Um, but I mean, I can also give you a rough estimate, and my, I'm happy with the rough est- with, with the numbers I've sold for all four issues um, overall. I can tell you that issue one alone is the best-selling comic I've ever printed. Interesting. So is, issues one through four combined, um, I'm I. I, I I'm pretty. I'm pleased with how the series has done for me in the last year. On it, it's been exactly a year. Yeah. yeah. So. See, like, I, I, so I've got a, I've got a script that I've completed mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's three completed issues and a fourth, almost done. Um, I've got a buddy of mine that's been drawing it, but it's, uh, it, it's based on another publisher. So I've I've been considering it, it, it kind of like fanfic, you know. So I've been considering mm-hmm. changing the characters themselves, um, just to put the book out as something that I would want to do. Because I, it seems like the the way to go forward. So we don't we don't make any money podcasting. Like we joke about sponsors all the time. Um, mm-hmm. We we've never cared to find sponsors. Uh, we just kind of do it for fun. But something mm-hmm. like comics, like I read so many comics, Luke, mm-hmm. and I would love nothing more than to actually put out a comic myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, like, part of me is a little scared, to be frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure you had a little bit of this at some point. But I'm I'm kind of at a point myself where you were, where I'm not really quite happy with the way things are going um, in general. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I have to think like, well, maybe I can just quit my day job and focus mm-hmm. on the podcast, or like try to put out a comic or whatever, you know, and just go around to different cons. Like, and I know you've got a day job, but how yes. how how viable has? I mean, obviously, it's got to be working for you, right? If you continue doing Doctor Bananas. Yeah, um, it's it's. It's different. I mean, there's so many ven- avenues to do things. Um, Kickstarter. I funded three books through Kickstarter, um, and that was great. And it was definite. And and having a Patreon helps. But these numbers are not anywhere near what I need would need to live oh, on sure. my own by even right. the tiniest margin. I mean, and unfortunately, I couldn't just quit now. And just do comics full time because I would be out on the streets in a matter of months. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely love to, and I co- I'm constantly working towards that. I'm constantly plugging the Patreon and trying to get people to read the comic, and just giving them every avenue now. And like, 2016, 2017 have been like me working at an almost feverish pace to try to just do as much as I can and do as get as many different avenues as I can and mm-hmm. um, I'm working on other new projects now and 
trying to figure out how to get those, how, like how I will be getting those out in the future, and because you know I'm not some of these things I'm not just doing by myself. I'm doing with other creators, um, and uh, trying to see. Like I didn't, I, I deliberately didn't go to the Kickstarter well with Doctor Bananas again because I didn't want to. The, the 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 fear is slash the risk is that you keep going back to the same people and how 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 soon is it till you get to the point where it's enough is enough? Sure. And you don't want to be that guy who keeps saying, hey, you people, give me your money. I mean, yeah, you do, but you don't want to be so... You know, you don't want to take... Some, a lot of these people may not be normal comics readers. They may be friends just doing you a favor, for example. Right, right. And you don't want to take advantage of people's friendships, and you want to show that you are you can do something like this. And so... Plus, Dr. Bananas was kind of an experiment for me, too. I wanted, Like I said, I didn't know if I was going to be doing more than one issue, so I just did a really, really small print run um, of the first issue just to see if anybody would like it. And uh, and they did, and I'm glad, because <laughs> it, made the next, it made the last 12 months go a lot better. Sure, sure, sure. How many, uh, how many cons are you doing per year? Uh, I do like six, seven, eight. I've done this year. I have already done Heroes will be my sixth, and I have Baltimore. I've already paid for, so I'm definitely going to Baltimore. And there are like two or three other conventions that I'm weighing, and I'm trying to see how things shake out with one of them before I decide on the other two and yes mm -hmm. I'm being deliberately cryptic <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to be doing with those With one show is going to be basically decide the others hmm. interesting so interesting I know I've talked to um, I, I generally do as many cons as I can here in the southeast mm -hmm. um, but I try not to go too far because I made the mistake of taking my kids Mm -hmm. um, to a con once, and now they want to go to every con that I go to. Mm -hmm. uh, so they'll be at Heroes with me. Uh, I'm just going Saturday. Nice. But nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I've talked to a lot of a lot of like indie guys. Um, mm. So I, I know a lot of people like to get commissions from big name people. What I like to do is find like the randomest dude like by himself at a table, um, just to see what they have there. Talk a little bit about mm -hmm. their stuff, and then maybe get a commission of somebody that I really love um, by this guy that like nobody knows, you know, mm -hmm. because that, that means something to me and it obviously helps him or her, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. But we appreciate that. Believe me. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but I, I've talked to a lot of, a lot of creators locally and it seems like um, there's something about like the, the Southeast region. And I don't know if this is the same for you, but people really dig like indie stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, more than in some other places. Mm -hmm. um, like I was talking to a guy, he was telling me that he, he had sold more at one of the local cons, uh, and I won't say which one it was, uh, but he sold more at that con than when he went to New York Comic Con. Because mm -hmm. when you go to like New York Comic Con, people are just there to like see the movie trailers or like, you know, mm -hmm. find Stan Lee or whatever the hell it is. They don't really actually care about the comics, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I went to this um, show in Columbia, South Carolina last year called um, Soda City Comic Con, mm -hmm. um, and that was far and away the best show I did last year. It was like 
it wasn't no, it wasn't the best show I did, but it was like very very close, and it was just this two day thing in this uh, in this convention hall. They got they had some big names, but a lot of small like a lot of indie folks, a lot of locals. I did so good. I mean, it was such a good. I'm I'm heartbroken. I can't go this year because I have a I have a family wedding to go to that weekend, hmm. and I mean, I I I'm I'm legitimately disappointed. But I went to where we met, South Carolina Comic Con yeah, in yeah. um in Greenville, and I had like my best show ever. South like South Carolina is legitimately hungry for comics, mm-hmm. and North Carolina is too. I mean, it's 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 North Carolina's bigger and there's a you know a lot more places oh, yeah. to go and it's a lot more spread out but people in the Carolinas it's like South Carolina they they love comics and they want to read new comics mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's pretty obvious too from that con um, they've only been doing it I think three or four years mm-hmm. um, this year was by far the largest it's always been at the same venue. Um, but it was probably twice as many people there this year as there were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've got a friend that knows the guy that runs it. And matter of fact, the guy that runs it is my local shop. Um, but, you know, he's not going to tell me numbers. But I have a friend who is friends with him <laughs> who does tell me numbers. And, I mean, the growth that they're having is just freaking insane. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious that people want this stuff, right? And it's weird because mm-hmm. there's, there's two comic shops in, in Greenville. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that puts the con, and there's another smaller one about two blocks away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Like, every other one that springs up ends up shutting down. Hmm. Um, I think the next closest one is probably 30, 35 minutes away. Oh. Um, and it serves Anderson, which is kind of a, a smaller city. But it's a, it's a city. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people live there. Um, so I find that interesting. It, and maybe counterintuitive too, because people people want this stuff, but they must not be buying it in print if the shops aren't doing very well. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, um, and this is me just completely hypothesizing, uh, with zero basis of evidence or fact in this. Maybe maybe there's just they've hit the limit on what people want from the mainstream. I'm not a mainstream. Believe me, I'm not yeah, a mainstream right. comics basher. I mean. Um, but they may just they may just have hit that point, and they're just looking for something else, or it may just not be the traditional comics market who's going to the shows. It may be like younger folks. It may be uh, just people who are looking for something different to do. I mean, the the, the Greenville show. I mean, it was in that convention center. Yeah, like I was on a Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was on the second floor of the convention center. On the first floor was church. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of the church crowd was just coming up to just say, hey, what's going on up here? Yep. Yeah, that's possible. And that's actually, that's funny because that's why they start a little bit later mm-hmm. um, to make sure that people that are at church can leave and, uh, you know, free up the parking spaces. Yeah, I didn't know at the time, but it explained why they didn't charge me for parking on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> And one A-list creator who I'm not going to name, but was telling me that he uh, he loves he loves going to conventions in the Bible Belt because he means he gets to sleep in on Sundays. <laughs> that's that's true, dude. That's true. I mean, when uh, when I went to uh, C2E2, 
God, we were up early, dude, and it was terrible because the night before we got so wasted. Um, well, Valiant had a, a release party for their Examanoor beer, mm-hmm. and so we went to this local bar uh, where they were having the party at. Um, I mean, you had to pay for the beer, but you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I think they open at ten on Sundays, mm-hmm. but God, we were up like at seven o'clock. You know, because you you can't you can't like drive anywhere to in Chicago. Oh God, don't I know that? Right, like you got to <laughs> take the 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 train or the bus or get an Uber or whatever. So we we Ubered our weekend. Um, but even then, like you get to the con and you're in this freaking long ass line. And that's what I like about the cons here is yeah, if you're there like super early, there's gonna be a line because people are waiting to get in. But like once the doors open, if you got a ticket, like you're good to go. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no wait time. And I know it's a little different for you guys because you've got your awesome badges, right? Uh, you can mm-hmm. get in the back door. Mm-hmm. Um, but for everybody else, like, just the atmosphere is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually one of the reasons I moved down south, to be honest with you. Because I, I, I grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't wait to get out. Like, as soon as I finished high school, I was like, God, I need to find, like, where the hell I'm going to go next. Um, there's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm I'm a laid back kind of guy, yeah. You know, and and for a while, like the New York thing was fine, uh, but once like you're in college and you have to think about like what you're gonna do next with your life, like it just wasn't the place that I wanted to be. You know, I wanted something a little more relaxed, a little maybe more uh, family oriented. Um, I'm not saying that we've got people that listen from New York. Don't don't get me wrong. You you can raise a family in New York, right? My parents did. Um, but that's just not what I wanted for myself. So mm-hmm. I, I just think it's interesting. I just think it's interesting. So, all right. So tell me, if I want to start this comic, uh-huh. what do I need to do other than just start? Um, okay. So you, um, you, have the, you have the script. You have the art. You have to, I mean, you've got an artist working with you, so you can um, – uh, so you're on the, you're, you've got the production underway. So now you have to decide. Um, you obviously know how long it is. So you would go to a. Um, if you want to do it digital only, you could just um, size it for. Uh, be, you know, a typical comic book size. You decide if Comicsology submit, um, and uh, you go from there. If not, you could go to like Kablam.com, which is a print-on-demand company for comics, or you could do something like. Print Ninja. If you want to do like a large quantity, but I recommend going to Kablam first. You could see how many you wanted to print, the different options they had. If you wanted to run a Kablam ad in the back of the comic, or uh, to you know lower the price a little, mm-hmm. and then let you know exactly how much it'll cost per unit. Um, and um, and uh, uh, they'll and there and, and you go from there. You can print you know five. You can print. Um, you can print thousands. You probably wouldn't want to print a thousand at the print on demand, though. Um, you just print however many you want, and and you go from there. And then you could, you know, sell it at conventions, or you could tell your buddies to, you know, buy it from you. Um, but conventions are really like the best way to do it. Then um, you get a table at a small local show, um, and say, hey, I'm a new creator. I have this comic book. Um, buy it from me, and go from there. Oh man, you're a bigger man than I am. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, hey, you. I mean, I've been doing this for for 
almost nine years now. I, I, <laughs> I've learned a lot by trial and error. <laughs> uh, what, what booth are you at? Let's see. AA1907. Yep. You'll be my first stop. All right. <laughs> I like that. Um, we'll, we'll see what the girls say. My, uh, my youngest got really into uh, Rick and Morty and Adventure Time lately. Okay. Um, I wish she hadn't gotten into Rick and Morty because I really dig the show. She's kind of young though. Huh? She's a little young, but you know yeah. it's like SpongeBob. Like, all right, so it, it's really weird. My my thirteen year old got back into SpongeBob. Hmm. She hasn't watched it in like seven years, and now she watches it like nonstop. I don't know what it is. Um, with SpongeBob though, like it's one of those things where you can watch as an adult and get one thing out of it, and watch as a kid and get something else out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if freaking Morty's like that way. You know what I mean? No, it's not. Definitely <laughs> not. Um, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, uh, your kid would probably like all the commissions and stuff that I do, but on the other hand, uh, you don't want her to watch Rick and Morty, so uh, basically just look, have her look at three quarters of my table. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what she says. She might end up getting a commission from you. I don't know. I hope, you're, I hope you're My Little Ponies are good. Yes, yes. Like basically, if I can uh, see a picture of it, oh, sure. um, I um, can draw it, and I've done that before. So, um, but um, yeah. So, yeah, I do. I definitely do commissions, and I will be. Uh, uh, I'll be doing them all weekend. Awesome. So I will see you Saturday. What did you tell people uh, where they can find your stuff? Obviously, Comicsology. Okay. But. Okay, yeah, you can, you can find me, uh, if you're looking for Dr. Bananas, you can search for Dr. Bananas, Monkey Magician, or Luke Foster, or Katana Penguin Comics, which is the name of my imprint on Comicsology. Um, and you can find Dr. Bananas 1 through 4 there, or you can find it in print. Um, you can order it on print at IndiePlanet.com, or find me at any uh, f- uh, finer conventions uh, throughout the uh, eastern part of the United States. Um you can uh, get. You can also get my comics, The Center of Somewhere, or Drawn Away in book form uh, through conventions or through Indie Planet. Um, uh, like I said, uh, you can get them through through conventions or at Indie Planet, Center Somewhere One and Two, and Drawn Away. Um, Supernatural Suburbs is digital only, at least for now. Probably only for probably for a while, um, and that's at Patreon.com/slash/CartoonistLuke. And you can um, find me uh, on Tumblr uh, or Instagram or Twitter at Cartoonist Luke. Um, I put um, uh, commissions, dry, practice drawings, um, sequential work that I've done. I do an occasional uh, one-panel comic called Scenes from an Airport Bar that I put on Twitter, uh, Tumblr, and Instagram. Um, if you want to find me at conventions, I'll be at. Um, will this go up before Heroes? I'm gonna put it up like as soon as we're done, probably. Like, oh I'll wow! Be, yeah. Okay, you can find me at Heroes Con this weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina, at table AA1907. And then my next definite convention is Baltimore Comic Con at the end of September. Um, and I will update my socials with any other. Um, with any other uh, uh, conventions that I'll be doing or appearances as they crop up. Awesome. I'm glad uh, we finally got you on. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have finally gotten on. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Dude, it's been so busy. Like, I, I think I canceled oh. on you like three times in the last no, week no, or so. No, 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 so. no, no. You didn't do anything. I'm just saying I was. I've been looking forward to doing this, and I'm glad we finally got it to to happen. And yeah, yeah, no, it was like. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad, especially since I've been exiled from, from other podcasts that I Listen, won't name my name. You don't need to worry about them, okay? They don't matter. They're all pretentious. But they they, they do matter. Oh they, well, they. They, they matter, matter in here. I'm I'm pointing to my heart right now. You can't see it. You're, no, I I agree with you. That's actually uh, that's my favorite podcast. I tell Mike all the time. Like I don't know I don't know when Geek Brunch doesn't come out. I I just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. It's it's funny. This is actually like the the last issue episode I listened to it. I think it was their most recent one. That was the first time in like months that they haven't talked about Doctor Banana. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Literal months. Yep, it's true. It's true. I think it's. I think the next issue, that the episode they haven't aired yet, uh, is gonna be. They'll have. They'll be talking about him again because uh, apparently they're talking about um, my non-existent scurvy. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. Thanks for coming yeah. on, Luke.